Uh, we've been in this series now for two weeks. This is week number two. We're in our series titled At the Beach. And really what it's about, as I explained last week, is just us putting this series on. And I, and I want to bring you some life lessons. I want to bring the Word of God to you, what Jesus has to say to us, what God has to say to us through His Word. And I want to use the beach to bring it to life. I want to use the elements of the coast. I want to use boats. I want to use winds. I want to use waves. I want to use shells. I want to use the water. I want to use the sunset to really, really, really bring the Word to life. And sometimes, sometimes it's good to bring in some really creative ideas to help us understand the Word better. So that's what I'm going to do. And I can tell you this much. While you're out there and you're listening to the Word, I've always said it, and I'll say it here before I get started. You, there's two things you can do when you hear God's Word. One, you can respond to it. You can allow it to take root in your life, and it can change you, and you can go home, and you can be a different person because of what God is revealing to you through His Spirit. Or you can just ignore it, and it doesn't have to take root. And it could just be another Sunday morning service, and you can walk away and say, well, he was pretty good, and that was it. And go have lunch, and we'll see you again next week. I want to raise up a church here through God the Holy Spirit of a group of believers that are going to come, hear God's Word, and allow it to mold them and change their life. And as I've always said, for a couple of folks here, if you haven't heard this before, when you respond to God's word, whether it's in private, whether it's in your lifestyle, or whether you respond to his word by simply clapping or shaking your, or, 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 or saying amen, really what you're doing is you're responding to God. You're not responding to me, but I do love to hear the amens. In your bulletins, you, you should have received a, a handout that has a scripture passage on each side. There's Mark chapter 4, verses 35 through 41, and then on the other side... You have Matthew chapter 14, verses 22 through 33. I'm going to be preaching to you from two separate passages of text today. I think that they're pretty well uh, knitted together. There, there are some differences, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to bring both of these to you. Usually I preach from one text, but today I'm going to preach from two. And the title of my message today, it'll be on the screen here in just a moment, but the title of my message today is Wind, Waves, and Boats. Wind, waves, and boats. And then underneath, there's, a, there's another uh, a subtitle, and I've, I've given you a subtitle. And you can write this down if you want. The subtitle is Sailing with Jesus. How many of you guys want to sail with Jesus in your life? I'm just going to hold this Bible the whole time because I'm really feeling like this Bible is going to explode on me. Is that okay with you? If you're ready to sail with Jesus, say amen up in this house. Amen. Because the Word of God is going to change you. Let me read to you from the book of Matthew, chapter 14. And, and before I do that, you may be wondering, how does the beach come into play with the Word of God? Well, just so you know, Jesus did a lot of things at the beach. In fact, on the shoreline of the Sea of Galilee, he called some of his fishermen. And in the book of Matthew, you don't have it, but let me read it to you. In the book of Matthew, it says Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee. Where do you think he was, brother? He was at the beach. And it says as he was walking along the coastline, he saw two brothers, one called Simon and one called Peter. And this is what he said. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. And Jesus said, come, follow me. Aren't you glad Jesus looked at you one time and said, hey, come, follow me. Come, follow me. He didn't stop calling disciples 2,000 years ago, church. He's calling them today. He's calling you right now. So he says, come, follow me. Then there was another time in the book of John where he appeared to his disciples on the shores of the Sea of Galilee. Again, Jesus was at the beach. I'm, I'm starting to believe Jesus had a real good tan. <laughs> he loved being on the beach. He's the kind of guy who wanted to go to the beach, I guess. I don't know. Here's what he did. He was on the shores of the Sea of Galilee. 
It was after his resurrection he appeared to his disciples. In fact, he also prepared fish for them. So not only did Jesus walk on the beach, but he actually cooked on the shoreline for his disciples. Today's message is, like I said, titled, Wind Waves and Boats Sailing with Jesus. What I hope you'll walk away with today is that no matter what the wind, no matter what the waves, and no matter what boat you're on, as long as you're sailing with Jesus, you're going to be okay. You're going to be just fine. Here's what the book of Matthew 14 says. Let me read this to you. It says, Immediately, Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side, while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Now, when the evening came, he was alone there. But the boat was in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. Now, in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them, walking on the sea. And then the disciples saw him walking on the sea. They were troubled, saying, it's a ghost. And they cried out for fear. But immediately, Jesus spoke to them, saying, be of good cheer. It is I. Do not be afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. So he said, come. And when Peter had come out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the winds, when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? I want you to repeat that after me. Why did you doubt? And, and when they got into the boat, the wind seized. Then those who were in the boat came and worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. There, there, there is an interesting experience here that just took place with, with the disciples. And just to give you the background of what's going on, you know, the, the, the Sea of Galilee and, 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 and the fishermen that were disciples, you know, they, they were no strangers to the shoreline. In fact, some of the disciples that were fishermen, as you already know, they spent a lot of time out on boats. They were pretty familiar with the boats. In fact, if you wanted to go and catch a good-sized bass or a trout or a snapper, take Peter, take a fisherman with you, take a disciple with you, and you'd come home with a, just a truckload of this stuff. They were no strangers to the shore and to the sea. And in this particular instance, they had gone out on their boat. They, they, they were out there in the waters. You have to kind of think about this in, 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 in our terms and really think about it in our life. Because, see, many of us have a place where we're going to be, where we need to go, where, where we really just live our life. The disciples, they, they were familiar with the water. That was familiar to them. That's where, that's where they spent their time. Let me ask you this question. What, what, where do you spend your time? You know, where is it that you do life? Where, where is it that you work? Where is your career? Uh, where is your family? Where is your home? Because that's the place where you primarily are going to do life and spend most of your time. It, it's a familiar place. The disciples, again, were familiar with their surroundings. But, but something happened here in the fourth watch of the night. It, it said that Jesus went walking to them, walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It's a ghost. And they cried out for fear. This kind of just brings back memories for me because when I was a little kid, I I don't know if I told you this or not, Dad, but when I was a little kid, we lived on Sheila Road in Apopka. And I I always would get up first, and not all the time, but most of the time, I'd be up real early for some reason. And I went into the living room one time. No, No doubt, this happened for real. I walked into the living room, and I promise you, I saw a ghost. It's no, no lie. I saw something. 
And I'll never forget the image of what I saw. And I remember being a little kid and I saw this image in the living room. It it looked kind of like an old man. Listen, it was early in the morning. I, I probably was still dreaming. Who knows? But I saw something. And it really startled me. Now, I think I was eight or nine years old. And what do you think I did? I I approached the ghost and I said, what's up? Not. I ran back to my room as fast as I could. I was in my bedroom quicker than you can say hello. It, It terrified me. Now, you know, maybe the disciples may have felt something different. I don't know. But the Bible says here that that they were troubled and they said, it's a ghost. And they cried out for fear. They were fearful of what they saw. They were afraid of what they had seen. But immediately Jesus spoke to them saying, be of good cheer. It is I. Do not be afraid. And I love what happens next because what happens next is is just so normal of Peter. You've mentioned, I've mentioned it before in here. Peter had a knack for just being the first kid in the classroom to raise his hand or the first man to stand up and and say something. And, And here he's the first one to stand up and he says, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. Has anybody ever did something like that before with God? You, you may be thinking, what am I talking about? Have you, ever, have you ever tried to figure something out in life or needed the answer to a question or needed discernment? And you said, God, okay, God, if it is you, if this is really you, then, then this will take place down the road. Like if you were trying to get married one time and you proposed to your girl and you were trying to figure out if she was the one. Okay, God, if, if she is the one, then she'll jump on me and say yes right away. And you were hoping, please let her say yes, God, let it be your will. You, the, 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 Peter did something kind of similar. Take it how you want. He says, God, okay, Jesus, we're terrified. We're scared. But, but if it's you, if it is you, then, then command me to come to you. You know, sometimes we need God to show us who he is. And aren't you glad that he's given us his word, that he's given us his creation to reveal himself to us day after day? Peter says, if it is you, then, 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 then command me to come to you on the water. So what do you think Jesus said? Jesus said, sure, all right, you got a deal. Come out here to me. And Peter stepped out of the boat. Now, let me kind of break this down for you. In case you guys don't know, I want you to clap your hands for David Gantz because he brought this boat up here and filled it up with air for me. <clears throat> How many of you guys like to go boating ever? Raise your hand if you like to be on boats. Uh, you're a better man than me. This is, this is about all the boating I want to do. I, I almost went boating with Byron one time, and I'm, I'm kind of glad it didn't work out. All right, anyways. Um, I'm just kidding. I'd have gone. So, so imagine they're, they're, they're on this boat. I mean, the boat is sailing along. They're on the, I'll put it over here. It's a bit more open. They're on the boat. And, and this is you. I mean, literally, this is you in life. And sometimes you're in a place where you're, you're in your element. You're, you're in you're, you're where you're comfortable. You're in your career. You're with your family. But, but around you, everything's going crazy. Say amen if sometimes life has just gotten crazy for you. Because sometimes does... Things do get crazy. Things were a little wild for the disciples. And and Jesus teaches us a valuable lesson here. Something that if it sticks with you, it could radically change your life. So don't miss this. Because Peter is in his element. Yay, everything's crazy. He sees this ghost. It's just like, wow. And, And Jesus says, well, step out. So Peter steps out. Right? He steps out. How many of you guys have stepped out of your comfort zone ever? 
He, he steps out and he gets out. And what happens to Peter? Well, maybe he takes one or two steps and, and it's all good. You know, maybe he takes two or three steps and it's all good. But look at what the text said. But when he saw that the wind was boisterous, in other words, when he saw that the wind and the waves were pretty rough, when he saw that the waters were more than he alone could handle, what happened? He became afraid. Now, let me just stop there because, see, this could get, this could get confusing. Is it okay to be afraid? I mean, of course. But we get afraid. Fear, sometimes, it just happens. But you have to remember that fear could not only motivate you, but fear could also cripple you. Fear could also cripple you. And not just any fear. I'm not talking about the fear of a ghost. I'm talking about that fear that you're not going to make it. That, that kind of fear that sometimes plagues you when you don't know how school's going to work out. That, that fear that sometimes can plague you when you're not sure how the bills are going to get paid. That, that kind of fear that sometimes plagues you when God is calling you into something great, but you're too scared to step into it because you're not used to it. You're not used to change. You're not used to something new. You're not used to it, so it's a scary deal. And sometimes we can sit in the boat forever. And sail with some waters and never step out of our boat. I give it to Peter because he at least stepped out of the boat. But the Bible says that when he saw that the wind and the waves were so much, he became afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out. Saying, Lord, save me. How many of you guys have ever felt like Peter? Where you stepped out in faith. And next thing you know, you're sinking real fast. It's happened to all of us. I know it has. There have been times in my year here as a pastor where I have stepped out in faith on many things. And, 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 and when I was certain that things were going to work out almost right away, it took a little bit longer for things to come. It took a little bit longer for things to work out. I was so sure that it was going to happen right now. I was so sure that if I, just, if I just made this investment today, that tomorrow I would see a return. I was just so sure that if I visit this person now, that tomorrow there'd be a change. I was just so sure that if I put my kids in this school, there'd be a difference. God, you told me that if I just step out of the boat, that things would be okay. And sometimes they just don't end up that way. But let me tell you here today, church, it doesn't mean that God's plan for you will not come to pass. And it doesn't mean that he's not there beside you. God has never left our side. Let me prove it to you. Because if you think he has, he hasn't. Look at what the text says. And immediately, not, not tomorrow, not the next day, not a year from then. The Bible says that as soon as Peter cried out saying, Lord, save me, immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him. Now, this is so significant because you know what? There are those times where we need God to stretch his hand out and catch us. Somebody in here knows what I'm talking about. There are those times where we just cry out to God and we ain't got nowhere else to turn. 
Everywhere we've looked for the answer, we can't find it. But when we cry out, Abba, Father to heaven, the Bible says that when we confess our sins and we cry out to him, he is just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. As I've said many times before, God had to forsake his one and only son so that he didn't have to forsake you. So what did he do? He, he caught him and said to him, oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt That question should stick with you. That question right there should not escape your thoughts here for the moment. Because we see that Jesus didn't leave Peter out there to sink. He did provide for him a way of escape. He he did help him out of the turbulent waters. And after he pulled him out of those waters, he then asked him, Why did you doubt? At the very heart of fear and worry, and you may not like this, but you need to listen to this. At the very heart of fear and worry is a doubt in the providence of our Creator. And that's hard to hear. That's almost impossible sometimes to accept because sometimes we will categorize fear as normal and we'll categorize doubt as normal. And sometimes, like I said, is it okay to be afraid? Certainly, there's times where we're afraid. There's times where we may sometimes have doubt. There's times, but see, there's a difference in something here. Don't miss this because when Jesus calls you out of the boat, see, sometimes we try to step out of the boat on our own accord. You know what I mean? Anybody here ever tried to step out of the boat and it wasn't God calling you to step out of the boat? If you ever step out of the boat and God didn't call you, you've got a good reason to be afraid. But when God calls you out of the boat, see, when it's God saying, step out in faith and believe in me, then you're going to be, oh, okay. And church, that's the kind of God that we serve. The kind of God that not only calls, but then sees us through. Now, why why did I bring this other text into the picture? I want you to write this down on your your piece of paper. On on the back of one of them, there's a section for notes. And it's going to be on the screen. Brandy, if you go to that here. I want you to write this down. It's going to be on the screen. Jesus is walking in the same waters you're in. You see, Peter was out there in those waters. They were tough and they were rough. But Jesus was in the same water he was. And when God is with you, then who can be against you? So don't forget that. That's the first point. Let me, let me go ahead and read from Mark because this, this is all going to tie in together, I promise. I'm going to read from Mark. It says, On the same day when evening had come, he, he said to them, Let us cross over to the other side. This is Jesus. Now, now, when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was. And other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. But when he saw, but, but, when, but he was in the stern, asleep in, on a pillow. And they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace. Be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. But he said to them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, Who can this be that even the winds and the sea 
obey him. What, what we read here, church, is a, is a different passage in the same setting. And, and just so you know, the, the Sea of Galilee was actually known uh, for having some pretty violent storms. In fact, the Sea of Galilee was located in a really special place uh, because of the surrounding hills and the valley. Sometimes that wind would just zip around that va- those hills and, and into that valley. And next thing you know, the winds and the waves are crashing everywhere. So to be out in the Sea of Galilee, it was really no surprise for there to be a storm. Although some storms were worse than others. Would you agree that in life, it's no surprise to see a storm, but then there's those storms that will really take you for a whirl. So they were on this Sea of Galilee, and and just so you know, this is about a 13 by 8 mile size sea. And at this point in time, it was roaring like a beast. But Jesus, as we all know, was in a certain location during this time. The Bible says he was in the stern. He He was in the bottom of the boat. Jesus was sleeping, and he was in dreamland having a good old time. But the Bible also says that while he was sleeping, a great windstorm arose and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. What was filling into the boat? Water. I mean, it was bad. It was a bad storm. The disciples are in the same boat. They're up in the upper deck. Jesus is in the lower deck. He's taking a nap. But the storm gets real bad. Jesus is still sleeping. The storm gets even worse. Jesus is still sleeping. The wind and the waves crash. And now there's water pouring into the boat. And Jesus is still sleeping. Let me tell you something right now. This just came to me. When you're with God, you can sleep in the midst of a storm. So he's still sleeping. And then the disciples are everywhere. They're running around. What are we going to do? Oh, my goodness. Oh, come on. Somebody help. Somebody call the somebody call the ghost guard. Somebody find him. So they go down into the lower deck. And they run all the way down there. I just dropped the mic. Jesus, where are you? What are you doing, boss? There's a great storm up there. How could you sleep during this storm? What are you doing? So Jesus does what he does best. He gets up. He walks over to the side of the boat. He probably puts his hands out in a real neat, cool way. And he says, peace, be still. Don't miss this because, see, Jesus had authority over a whole lot of things in his life. You read through all scriptures some of the things that Jesus had authority over. Let me give you a couple of things that Jesus had authority over. He, he, in the scriptures it says he had authority to forgive sins. You remember he forgave the crippled man. The Bible also says that he had authority in his teaching. The book of John says that the Bible says that he spoke as one who had authority. He also had authority over demons. Because if you remember, he cast demons out with a single word because he had authority over demons. And now, in this picture, he exercises his authority over nature. And he says to the winds and the storm, he says, peace, be still. And the Bible then records that when he said that, that everything came to a great calm. And then he looked at his disciples and he said to them, why? Are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? It's almost an identical question that he asked in the last passage we read. He said, oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? Here he poses a very similar question. He says, why in the world are you scared? Look at your screen here in a moment. You'll see the second point. I want you to write this down. Because this is really important. Jesus is in the same boat you're in. 
Not only is Jesus in the same turbulent waters that you sometimes sail in, Jesus is also in the same boat that you're in as well. And again, to underscore my point, when he's in your boat and when he's in the waters, everything is going to be okay. Let me, let me bring this to full circle for you. After he asked the disciples that question, he said, how is it that you have no faith? The Bible says that they feared exceedingly. This is a different type of fear here. See, just a moment ago, they were afraid of the winds and the waves. But there's no wind and there's no waves. But the Bible says that now they're afraid. Let me read the rest of this to you. It says, And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, And I'm going to read to you from a different version. It says, What manner of man is this, that even the winds and the waves obey him? And the kind of fear they had for Jesus at that point was a pretty healthy one, if you ask me. Because, see, when they saw that he could literally speak to this roaring storm and things come to a calm, that kind of sets you back there for a minute, doesn't it? It's kind of like, anybody here, probably the guys will relate to me more than this, but this might not be the same fear that Jesus and the disciples had, rather, but you may understand what I'm saying. You ever got into a fight? Raise your hand if you ever got into a fight as a kid. Okay. Not a lot of y'all, man. Y'all were some good kids. I got into fights all the time. Anyways, I remember one time I was picking on this one guy, and he didn't look too small sitting down. You know, he's on the bus, and he looked kind of tiny sitting down. I'm just throwing pebbles at him, you know. And it was just in my nature to do silly things like that. And then he stood up. And then I noticed his head almost touched the top of the bus. There was a real healthy fear inside of me that said, I better not mess with this guy. You know, I, I, I just started pointing to the other guy. He did it. He did it. He did it. I'm sorry. I was trying to hit the other person. The disciples saw what Jesus did. He flexed his muscles there and he said, peace, be still to a bunch of wind and a bunch of waves that were about to tear the boat apart. And the disciples finally got it. It finally hit them. They said, my goodness, this is no joke. What kind of man is this? Church, I'm here to tell you right now, before you leave here today, have faith in the one who saves. Have faith in the one that is with you in the boat And he's with you in the sea. Because as the last point says on the screen here, and you'll see it here in just a moment. As the last point says, sometimes you're in the same boat. Sometimes you're in the same water. But either way, Jesus is always with you. Jesus is always with you. So my challenge to you today is, where is he calling you out of your boat? Where is he asking you to step out of your boat? And maybe he's not calling you out of a boat. Maybe you're in a storm right now. And you feel that Jesus is sleeping. And you're wondering if he's knocked out and he's forgotten about you. And maybe he's giving you the opportunity to believe in him. And maybe he's giving you an opportunity to exercise your faith. So, are you glad you came to God's house today? Amen. Good. Well, if you were, give God a big round of applause for that because God is good.